Welcome to The Stars Aligned, a podcast about all things astro and human design, and how these two amazing tools connect to help you align with the life you came here to live. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Stars Aligned. This week, we're really going to kind of jump into our relationships and ways of empowering our relationships to money. Um, Money is, you know, they say money makes the world go round. Um, A lot of our lives are centered around money. And it's really important that we kind of we kind of develop and cultivate, you know, a, um, a good relationship with money. It's, it's around us all the time. So just, you know, um, allowing ourselves to understand it and um, kind of see it for what it is. And, you know, it's my belief when you do have this kind of good relationship with money, it flows more, more will flow in. And um, yeah, so me and Trevor, we're going to kind of talk about our own relationships with money, our own maybe struggles and yeah, kind of how we've shifted in that um so yeah so Siobhan maybe you want to kind of like what's your take on money and you know how have you shifted your mindset around money if you have yeah hi Abby (laughs) um it's just us today so yeah my attitude towards money my views on money it's definitely shifted um to be honest and this is gonna I guess sound like coming from a place of privilege in a way, like it's not something I've ever really had to worry about. Um, Obviously when I was like growing up, my parents had me and my sister really young. They were like 23 when they had me. So money, you know, there were money issues, but they never made it a thing in our household. So they always kept their money discussions like separate from us so that it didn't kind of stress us out. And I I kind of appreciate that because I think it can, can be quite like a burden on kids if parents make that a thing. Um, So it wasn't really like a thing growing up, even though I guess for my parents, it was. And then it was only really in my 20s that and I always kind of worked. So I don't know if it was the same with you in the UK, like ever since I was 13, I had a part time job. Same. Yeah. So my parents quickly kind of one thing I love about my parents is how much they've kind of instilled this like work ethic in me, like a good work ethic. And I think I was 12, actually, when I had my first job picking up litter at this like golf tournament in St. Andrews and ever since then I had like a part-time job so I always had like a little bit of money for myself that I got each weekend and I could kind of do with that money what I wanted Um, and I started saving to travel when I finished school Um, and then yeah so in my 20s it kind of changed when I I decided to quit my job and I just kind of trusted that it would all be okay. Like my money wouldn't run out. My savings would last, but they didn't last. They did run out. And I was living in Taiwan at the time. And I also kind of blame Neptune line for this because I I wasn't really aware of reality when I lived there. Like I think I just thought the amount that I'd saved would last for the whole year, but it didn't. And so I ran out of money and um, yeah, fortunately my parents were able to kind of lend me some money and things but that whole year there was just a lot of lessons about like learning to accept that you actually do have to work for your money um but that you it's not kind of about like necessarily working 
harder, like working smarter, like my, my relationship. Mm. And also the more open you are to it. Like, I think after that, I went through this weird phase of not wanting to receive, like, you know, when my parents offered to help, I was like, no, no, I can do this myself. <laughs> um, but they were offering and, you know, mm. I could have, I could have remained more open to that. Um, so it's kind of shifted. And now I really have started to view it as what it is. It is just energy. Actually, it was after mm. reading, um sapiens and homo deus i don't know if you've read those books no um, no that i started to like read about the history of money and yeah realizing more that it is just energy and that the more open i and also when i'm willing to kind of spend money and put that money out there then that's kind of when you see money coming back to you as well that's when you feel that abundance mm -hmm. so yeah lots of shifts 100%, i guess 100 percent. no i totally yeah. agree and I have this kind of mindset on money that I, I always try and realign myself back to this and don't get me wrong. Like I feel like money is like a journey for everybody. And, um, I, you know, I have days where I will be like worried about money. Even if I have it, I will mm. sometimes feel worried about it, you know? And, um, and I have this mindset that I try and come back to, and it's just like, you know, it's the easiest thing that we can make. You know, if we think about the more abstract things in life, you know, so like, okay, health, um, mm. you know, uh, love and happiness and all of these different things, you know, like we don't realize that money is so much more attainable than these things. It's like something concrete that we can go out and we can make anywhere, anytime, you know, and just trying to remember that and align myself to that and when I do that more money comes you know yeah. but I'm definitely yeah I'm not saying it happens all the time I do have and especially when you you know for I think you can definitely relate with me in this because you left China um how many years ago four years ago now yeah four years ago. yeah um and you know China was a pretty pretty easy ride um to be honest mm. like for me as well and um so kind of coming out of that comfort zone of China and starting your own business going freelance it's really scary you know and yeah. it's really like I, I think for anybody starting a new business and that is your kind of sole income it's really kind of um it's kind of scary like because you don't know kind of you know you don't have that security of that paycheck at the end of the month yeah. and then you have all of these other layers of things that you have to think about you know taxes you know VAT um, you've got to buy this you've got to buy that and you know it makes me wonder why they don't teach those sort of things to us in school oh Dan and I talk about this all the time like you know learning how to budget learning how to save, <laughs> learning how to deal with debt, like all of these things, I'm like clueless, you know? So I've been teaching myself this stuff and I'm like, why were we learning like algebra and trigonometry when we could have been learning? <laughs> About so, like finances. Yeah, how, to, how to actually use money. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I totally agree with you that, you know, it's kind of about like, the money that you give out, like you always get back. So the children mm -hmm. I worked with in China, I always taught them that. I said, whatever you give, so whether that be a gift or whether that be love that you give someone, you're going to get that back. You might not get it back from that person, mm -hmm. but you will get it back somewhere. 
So just always remember that. So always, you know, give and be okay with giving because you're going to get it back. But this is the thing we have to work on this receiving Mm. as well. It's sometimes harder, you know? Um, But yeah, in uh, human design, for example. um, So we're going to try and like intertwine a little bit of our um, uh, connections to money that we can kind of see within our our uh, natal chart and within human design so it comes back to the ego center again I feel like I talk about this center so much (laughs) um, but it's really like fascinating for me and this is actually the center that we're gonna really dive deep into on our retreat um, which is coming up in a couple of weeks and it's gonna be all about drive and ambition Um, but this particular center, so for you, Siobhan, you have it defined. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of for you, when you ha- when someone has it defined, it automatically feels like a little bit of a security blanket because yeah. it's like, you know, you're going to make money. You know, money is going to come. And there's no doubt about that. So you kind of can like play with money a bit more. You could, you know, give all of your money away to someone and be like, oh, I'll be fine because I'll make it the next day or something. There's like this kind of power um, within that. Whereas for me, um, I have it open. So I don't like feel that security like you might do. I try, Mm -hmm. I try to, but you know, for me, I do need a little bit of that security blanket and that kind of balance of playing and saving and investing and, you know, just kind of knowing where it goes and that's also okay you know we can kind of um try and create a balance but I think with the open ego it's really best to you know create that balance rather than you know not not giving anything and really kind of hoarding your money if you like but you could do that with that um open center but really just cultivating that balance you know and yeah seeing it as that energy That's so interesting. And I think it really ties in with, um, so there's quite a few points in our astrology charts that kind of look at our relationship with money. Obviously the first one would be the second house in astrology. So we have the 12 houses in astrology and each house kind of relates to a different area and theme in our life. And the second house is all about money. So, and I don't think of it as just money. It's the Taurus house. Each house in astrology kind of relates to a different sign and Taurus is all about stability and comfort so that like not just emotional stability, but financial stability as well. So often we can look at people's astrology charts and see where they might have the second house or what what sign they have in the second house to see what their relationship might be like. For example, um, my North Node is in the second house and my Jupiter is in the second house. And I think my Jupiter in the second house really ties in with what you just said about having the defined ego because Jupiter in the second house, it's just like not worrying about money because you know it's going to come. Like Jupiter is the planet of abundance and expansion. Um, and that second house with money, it's like, okay, I just trust that money will find a way to come to me. Exactly. It's like a surrender, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I was um, also reading something this week and it was about kind of our how to how to really kind of develop your prosperity within human Mm -hmm. design and it talks a lot about our placement of jupiter our placement of mars and sun and how it Mm -hmm. kind of 
how it kind of worked and I, I thought it was really beautiful like you know um so um Mars is your vocation so it's kind of like that thing that gives you that drive and yeah something that will you know push you in that direction um the sun is your brand so you know they say the brand is you right because mm. the sun is your energy your life force your you know what you represent in the world so really aligning yourself to your brand of you so being you right like that is going to kind of like cultivate this prosperity in business or yeah whatever and Jupiter was really like your culture so I I think that kind of means you know like really kind of um how you market that and put that out in the world and create that expansion yeah yeah Yeah. I love that so interesting yeah and then also with my north node being in the second house it means my south node is in the eighth house and in astrology the eighth house is all about other people's money other people's resources so it's interesting for me to look at the complete shift that I've kind of gone through from once I reached my north node around the age of 30 like you know my younger years in my 20s with my south node in Libra which is all about kind of not being afraid to depend on other people in the eighth house. I very much had like my parents support, but not just my parents. um, Also the companies I always worked for, right? Like I only went freelance at age 30. Like before that I was very much like dependent upon the company I worked for to get my paycheck, to provide me with that money. And I felt secure and safe in that. You know, I couldn't imagine not having that. And now I'm so responsible for my own money. Like if I don't get up and do work, like the money's not going to come in. Like I've got to put in the effort and it's quite, I don't know. I can just see that shift into my North node in the second house, taking responsibility for my own money, um, my own resources and thinking about like my own, like I'm the only one creating that stability for myself now. Absolutely. It is empowering. It's so empowering. And that kind of reminds me a little bit of this new moon that we've just had, you know, because it's like this new moon in Pisces and, you know, it's that dreamlike kind of, and it's related to Neptune, right? Like, so it's this dreamlike energy. So it's like, um, you know, but it kind of asks you to, you know, make your wishes and dream your dream life, but also take action, you know, take these little actions that can, so you can surrender, but you can also like meet the universe halfway. And I think that's like so beautiful to, and it's this kind of same idea, right? You can kind Mm. of cultivate this relationship with money that money is always going to come to me, but you know, you put in those little kind of actions daily um, towards that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at your chart. Um, So you don't have any planets in the second house, but you, your second house is in Virgo. Um, Or I should say Virgo is in your second house. So when this for money with you, Virgo is all about like that attention to detail. Virgo is the perfectionist and (laughs) Virgo relates a lot (laughs) with health and wellness, but also it's like that teacher energy and it's also all about healing. So often healers have um, Virgo in the second house here or planets like um, in Virgo. Yeah. Mm. So I just think that's quite accurate for you because you dabble in, I mean, you're a healer, but you also are a nutritionist and a teacher, you know, like all of, it's all about wanting to provide a service to people um, and really give it your all. Wow. And I'm a six, two as well in my life profile. And six, two is like, you know, the kind of the role model, but it's Mm. also like, 
detail and perfectionism is so important (laughs) and sometimes it drives me insane you know if it's like uh something I'm creating for a client Mm. or something like that it has to be like perfect or I'm not like kind of satisfied you know um but you'll but see yeah. that the more you kind of, I must look to look at where your Jupiter is as well, but we can also look at where our Venus is to see, because Venus uh-huh. is also about money. Venus is not just the planet of love and creativity. It's also money um, and our values and your Venus being an Aquarius. I just think the more free you can be, the more abundant you'll become. I don't know oh, if you wow. feel that. <laughs> yes, I am. Um... Yeah, it's kind of like this interesting, you know, obviously, because I've just gone, I've, you know, in the last six months gone from this shift from, mm. um, you know, the job that I was, I, I had for four and a half years, it was so hard to leave because it was really the most amazing job. It was incredible, like, you know, incredible benefits, great money. Like, I love the people I worked with. I still do, you know, and, um, and it was, it made it very, very hard for me to leave. But that was what I was missing, that freedom to do my own thing and, you know, kind of be responsible for my own time and, you know, be responsible for how much I make, you Mm. know, that's what I always kind of, you know, I kind of felt like I hit the ceiling in my previous job and I was like, okay, if I want to, you know, I want to create my own income. Yeah. Um, And you've done, and you're doing that. And you know, I'm looking yeah. at your, I'm looking at your Jupiter and your Jupiter is actually in cancer in the 11th house. Um, uh-huh. And you know, with cancer, with your Jupiter being there, it's kind of about the more you nurture something, the more you look after something, the more it thrives. So you kind of know that I really like wanting to like birth your creations, birth your offerings and like nurture them to their fullest potential. Like again, that attention to detail. Um, And then with the 11th house, it's all about community. There's that Aquarius energy that ties in with your North node. So you'll probably see like the more you're kind of, the more you collaborate with others, the more you kind of focus on community and like building that, um, the more expansive and abundant your life will become as well. And it's so like, I mean, I'm sure you notice this obviously with astrology that you do and you've just explained it now. And, you know, I, I, I notice it in human design as well. There's so many, there's so many like details that mm. match, but it's just like translated in a different way. And you're just like, it, it's all the roads are pointing to this for you, you know, like as a client. So, you know, again, like there's Jupiter is in the 11th house, all about community my north node is all about community it's like these kind of like little trails of like this is your direction you need to kind of um absolutely you know um yeah yeah and it all it all ties together so nicely and just with the ego as well like the ego center I'm like it makes so much sense to me um especially obviously like in my relationship here um Dade and I I think he also has the undefined ego, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. So we, we often clash when it comes to talking about finances, but after we did our session with you, (laughs) um, we are, our harmony, our couples harmony session, we, we realize like, it just makes so much more sense to us now that I have that security blanket and that Dane needs to create his own kind of security blanket. And yeah, now it it just like puts it all into perspective, actually. It's so useful. 
to know. I mean, just like, like anything, you know, just like understanding, especially in a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Mm. But even, you know, I, um, I think, you know, kind of understanding these connections, even in business relationships, you know, if you have a business partner and understanding because maybe they see things in one way and you see it in another. So it's kind of creating that awareness so you can meet on common ground Mm. or something. Um, what I've always found really interesting about your ego center. So it's defined via the spleen and Mm. the spleen is very, it does have this entrepreneurial um, kind of element to it, but it's also, you know, all about intuition. So I've always like, I, I think I've said to you a couple of times, I love that connection for you because it's like connecting, making money with intuition to you. Yeah. And this is kind of like, yeah, like, you know, obviously how it's all unfolded for you in the last year um, with o- astrology, mm. it's just like meant to be, it's like works so beautifully together. Yeah. And when this just kind of came up for me now, like thinking about like money with intuition and like our businesses and things, um, how is your relationship with like, when it comes to like what you charge and stuff, this is something I'm really working on. And I don't know if it comes up in like my human design at all. Um, but sometimes like not like struggling to charge what I know my services are worth. (laughs) Um, so for you, like with the defined ego, um, it should be, it should feel easier actually for you. Mm. But at the same time, it's, you need to charge a price where you feel that your services are appreciated. If you charge less, you won't feel that appreciation. So it's yeah. very important just having that awareness of, I have to have like this appreciation and this, um, kind of um, gratitude for my sessions and that could that could be through money or Mm. it could be through you know just general like gratitude you know I'm sure like you know when clients um you know send you messages afterwards and they're like oh my god this was amazing I'm so like so thankful that probably serves you so much as well yeah because it's just like you know with the defined ego you have this energy Mm. that you can keep going and you can really and you're a generator as well you have like this um generator ego defined energy where you have like that power to sustain your energy for what you're doing and just kind of but you really have to feel appreciated because if you don't then you don't have energy for it actually yeah and my son is in the sixth house as well so when you have your son there, appreciation, like words of affirmation are so important. And it's almost like you're, cause that is the house. It used to be like the house of the servant, um, but it kind of is like the workhouse and it's so related to the body as well. So like, you know, burnout, like a lot of people with their son in the sixth house can burn out quicker than others. Cause we will just push ourselves to the limits, trying to kind of please everyone. <laughs> um, generator energy as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah want to be there you want to be of service like that you're like you feel like calling which it is but you you might not always see that service that you give Mm. you know okay yeah Um, but for undefined egos so I've definitely struggled with prices and everything Mm. and it's even like in jobs that I've done you know when they've given me like a pay rise or something I've like questioned oh my god like do I do enough? I need to do more. And often when we have undefined egos, 
because the not self theme of that is I'm trying to prove myself. Like Mm. you will want to try and prove your worth, but we have to remember there is nothing to prove. So just kind of like affirming that to yourself, I have nothing to prove, nothing to prove, you know, and the right people will agree to your price, you know, the people who, so we have to just really kind of, okay, what would I be happy with? What's going to, you know, I mean, we have to take into consideration so many different things like taxes and Mm. all these things that come off our sessions anyway. So what, like what kind of um, fee would you be happy with that's left after that, you know, and just really kind of, kind of looking within yourself because you want to, you know, as much as you want to be there and be of service and share for others, it is a business as well. And it's kind of like, just because it's, you know, there's this kind of a, just because it's spiritual and just because it's, you know, helping people, does it mean that we have to be cheaper? Like it is still a business. It's still a company. So we have Mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, understand that it can be both, you know, you can be a businesswoman and spiritual. You can be a healer and make money. Like this is your fundamental right, you know, and, um, and you're giving a lot, right. I know in (laughs) our sessions, it's like, it's a, you know, you give like really, um, so much of yourself into the sessions as well yeah yeah no that's so true um and I was just thinking do you have any like stories with money or like any kind of experience you've had where you've realized money kind of is just energy um I don't know any kind of like on your travels or anything you kind of want to share ah that's a really nice question I think I remember like I remember it very vividly I was in Finland and I had just like I'd just been broken up with with my boyfriend and Mm -hmm. I remember my brother was on the phone to me and he says he says come to China I want you to come to China and I was like no no like I've got a really good job here and I was so sad but I was like I've got a really good job here I'm not gonna get this job anywhere else and you know it's the best job I've ever had and you know I was saying all this stuff and he said to me okay how much do you get paid per month so I told him and he was like that's nothing that's you can make that anywhere anywhere yeah and so you know after like some time lo and behold I decided to go to China and then I was making you know more than that and I got like seven job offers and all of these things and I was like he was so right, you know, like he gave me like this great advice that I just like kind of stewed on. And yeah, so I think just like as like a, you know, just for listeners, you can always, there's, it's always attainable, whatever you need Mm -hmm. and whatever you want, it's always attainable. You know, like, what about you? Like, do you have any like of these like little synchronized? Um, I have this. So when I was in, I went to Mozambique in 2008 and I was a student at the time, so I didn't have much money anyway, but whatever money I did have, like I took with me and I took it in cash, (laughs) which was perhaps not the wisest idea because um, my bag got stolen with all my money. And I was with my partner at the time, um, my ex-boyfriend, and all of his money was also in my bag. So we had no money and we were in like the middle of Mozambique and 
my mom tried to wire us money, like a money transfer, um, and it went to some random island and we couldn't get there. So there was like no way of getting money. So we just kind of surrendered to it. We were like, we don't know how to sort this out. My credit card, I put it in, I had my credit card luckily, but I forgot the pin. I put it, I typed it in wrong three times. So the machine swallowed my card. And so we were like, what are we supposed to do? And we just sat on like the side of the road and we were like, okay, this is just like, we just have to trust this is going to work out. And then at that exact moment, this guy came over to us and he happened to be half South African, half Scottish or something. And he just said, um, like, are you two okay? And we kind of explained what had happened. He's like, listen, like lunch is on me. So he treated us to lunch and we were starving because we were like, we had like no food or anything, you know, luckily we paid for our hostel. That was all we could kind of, we, at least we had a bed. Um, wow. So he paid for our lunch and was so sweet. And, you know, I remember just like walking away from that, like crying at like how kind he'd been. And then that evening, that same evening, a Canadian guy was also in the hostel and he was, he heard our story and he's like, listen, um, like here's $500. Um, and I, we were like, no, 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 no. We need, we needed to get back to South Africa, but there was like, there was no way we could accept that. Um, Cause at least in South Africa, we could get access to bank cards and stuff again. Um, and he's like, please, like, this is how it works. Like, I'm, you know, I will get this back someday from another stranger. I was like, this is amazing. Aww. So, you know, and we even said, like, what, did, what are your bank details? We'll transfer it back to you. And he's like, nope, like, I just want to give this from like the goodness of my heart. I was like, oh wow. So, so yeah, he like saved us. And I remembered this, like, I've, it's never left me. And then when we were me and two of my friends were traveling in the southwest of China in Yunnan province three years later we met a guy and the same thing had happened to him and I was immediately like here here's like some money for you but he refused to like not take my bank details he did actually transfer it back to me but you know I was just trying to give maybe he wasn't as open to receiving but um yeah but he he took it and he paid me back but it, it felt good to also just be able to help you know, help someone like someone had helped me years before. Um, like yeah, just, pay it forward, you know. Yeah, the kindness of strangers. I love pay it forward schemes. Like I know in Scotland, we have um, this organization called Social Bite and you can just like go into a cafe and buy lunch for someone. And then the, it's on like a little heart shaped post-it and then it goes on the wall. And then like, you know, someone who can't afford lunch or someone who's homeless can come in and they know they're going to have a meal. So, wow. Yeah. It's like, a, I remember we did that once in, we were having dinner in Hong Kong and there was an option to buy the kitchen beers on mm. the menu or something. I wonder how many people actually did that. But I remember we were like, let's do it. Let's buy the kitchen beers. Like this was um, really like, you know, a great, um, a great dinner. We've had a really good day in Hong Kong and yeah, yeah, and then we bought the um and then hang on, I just remembered. So then that happened. And then do you remember we went to it was probably that butterfly a, bar. Yeah, we went like a few months a month or so later and we went into that bar and people bought us champagne. Like the most expensive champagne. The most expensive bottle of champagne. They were like, Yeah, like we'll buy drink champagne with us. And yeah, so that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> And it is hard, like, sometimes it is hard to receive that. You're, like, in shock that someone would 
like want to do that for you, you know, like, but at the same time, being willing to receive, um, you know, it's, it's opening up your abundance more as well. It's saying that you're like, yeah, you're, you're open, you're ready. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The so kindness of strangers is so special. <laughs> it is. It's so special. And it's kind of like, I, I think we kind of cultivate that, that idea that money is energy when we kind of do those things, you know? So when we say, okay, like, ah, like I'm just going to give, mm. you know, um, I'm trying to think what book it was that I was reading and I think it was the secret and Mm. the author she said you know she she didn't have that much money left but she was like I need to give money I need to give money because then I will receive it back and so she gave like you know like pretty much all the money she had to something and then literally like two days later she got like uh, a big deposit from you know a a client or whatever it might have been a you know, um, agent or something. And she was just saying like this power of, it's almost like the law of attraction, right? When you kind of, um, what you give, you get back. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I love it. I love that book. Um, I'm just having a look at where else in your chart, you might be able to kind of tap into the the abundance and the money side of things so you can look to where your venus is and where jupiter is and what you have in the second house and also mars like which is obviously going to be coming up in our workshop um mars is not so much about like the money the finance side of things it's more about like the energy and drive to go out there and to make money Mm -hmm. as opposed you know or just your drive whatever your drive is for so if it's for work for love um yeah and then the money can kind of come alongside that I guess um yeah and then also the midheaven in astrology so the 10th house um that can also tell us a lot about how we might make money because it relates to our chosen path our career our calling and yours is in Taurus mine's is in Scorpio yeah so it's you know and with with the Taurus midheaven you do you will maybe sometimes worry about like financial stability, you know, yeah. you will worry about money because Taurus is that second house energy. Um, it's very much about wanting to make sure you have enough resources to be comfortable um, and then some. And yeah, so whatever work you do, it won't necessarily, it's also focused on like comfort and creating comfort for others, but there will be that side of you that's like, okay, I want to create something for myself that gives me that freedom, but that's also stable. Um, Yeah. So kind of finding the balance of the two, you know, just like harmony, you know, like harmony. Yeah. For me, it's like everything. Um, Yeah. I also read, I also read a book. um, Okay. Well, I'm a manifesting generator, so I haven't finished this book, but (laughs) I um, started this book called Happy Money and it's Mm. by this Japanese businessman called Ken Honda and he talks about happy money so as if okay like um, he said look at the money in your wallet look at the money that you have is it happy and that's kind of like did you were you happy to receive it Mm. and this also comes back to this idea of setting your prices right because if you're like oh, like I don't deserve it to be um, this price or something like that, then you're going to kind of feel this resistance Mm. towards accepting it and receiving it. So it's really, so I would say as well, you know, like when setting your prices, don't underestimate yourself, 
but also what are you comfortable with right now you know so if it's something I know for me when I started doing human design sessions um, I still have my other job alongside it at this time and I would do it for a lower price but you know kind of as I learned more and as I kind of you know got more into okay this is a full-time business now then I saw you know the prices they would creep up a little bit which Mm. is just a reflection of you know my own personal inflation right like so yeah um so just kind of um so yeah just making sure because if the money in your wallet is happy like it's being received happy and you're giving money happily it's gonna uh give this like good vibe energy I love that idea of happy money it makes me think of so for a while, like for the past few years, I've also been doing a lot of like freelance writing and you are, I know you know a lot about <laughs> some of my clients, but um, there was one in particular, it never felt good receiving money from them because I felt like they didn't pay me enough for like what I did. And then the money just felt like a bit weird. And then I was reluctant to spend it because it yeah, it wasn't happy money, actually. Mm. It didn't make me happy making that money. And they didn't seem that happy to give me that money. And there was just this, just this weird vibe around it. Yeah. Mm. Um, And then the minute I kind of cut that out, things just started to flow more. So sometimes we can also be blocking the way for more abundance if there's like some unhappy money in the way. Absolutely. So it's like about cultivating that space as well, you know, like creating space for that happy money. I'm just seeing like (laughs) coins with smiley faces and stuff. Like now I'm thinking I'm going to read that book, actually. I think, um, yeah, I feel like you mentioned it before, but now that you've said it again, I'm like, okay, it's time. Happy money. Um, And I love, I mean, for me, I love the Japanese influence of it because I I just love the Japanese, you know, the ikigai Mm. and all of these books about the Japanese kind of way of life and you know even I mean I I, I think you know because they have the most um people over 100 yeah I feel yeah. like onto something with money with happiness with peace like so yeah and it doesn't have to be like money doesn't have to be about like accumulating a lot of wealth right like for me, my relationship with it has changed. I've always kind of just wanted to have enough. Like I've never been someone, I wouldn't say I'm the most ambitious person, but for me, money's not about like, I want like the best of everything. And I just want to have the money to do the things I want to do, like to travel and yeah. to be comfortable, to buy delicious food, <laughs> like the basics, I guess. And then some for travel. Um, yeah. yeah, so kind of like, when I think about like the Japanese, like the blue zones, um, I think these people, they're not like the wealthiest people, like they live quite simply. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like, you don't have to be like super rich to be happy. In fact, that's sometimes like the opposite. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And they say as well, what I love about something that they do is that they, you know, they say, you should have like oh isn't that like in the book where they have this like fund for like the neighbors um I don't know if this is what you're going to say but basically I this is amazing and this has got such a focus on community and for like the age of Aquarius it feels so relevant but yeah in this part of Japan in Okinawa they they put their money together into like a little fund every month um like just a percentage maybe five or ten percent And then if someone in that community needs the money, they know 
they have it there. Like they kind of, that is how supportive they are of each other. It's so selfless. It's like, I know like a lot of churches and things do this as well, but it just, I think then it's more for like charity purposes, but just this idea of like having your money together as friends to like help someone out, you know, especially during COVID, like imagine this past year, if we'd all our communities had had that because not everyone, not every country is lucky to have things like furlough in the UK where the government gives you money for not working. Like here in South Africa, if you don't work, you don't get money, which is why we're pretty much like out of lockdown completely because the economy just wouldn't survive here. But if there was something like that where, um, you know, you could just help each other out because some months you do have more to give and other people are struggling and it just kind of balances it out. And it's, yeah, it's very like that collectivist kind of energy that a lot of us in the Western world don't seem to have. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. yeah, but that was a really special part of the book. Absolutely. Yeah, so maybe we can just finish on that note because I feel like that's a nice kind of, just like a nice way to think about money, happy money, um, ways you can kind of bring in more abundance and like looking out for your community as well and not just, you know, friends and family, but strangers as well. Like it's been a tough year for everyone. Um, if you have some money to spare, like it's always nice to just help out those people in need. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening in today. If you're curious about um, like your chart and your second house, or if your ego is defined or not defined, like get in touch with us. Um, we'd be happy to send some info your way about that. And um, if you haven't heard, we're doing a workshop on the 28th of March. Um, Abby and I, together with our friend Harriet, who will be on the podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, we'll be sharing a little bit more about what to expect in our workshop. Um, yeah, but check out the info on our Instagrams if you're curious about it. We'd love to have you join. We still have a few spaces left. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Stars Aligned. Farewell. Farewell. Thank you.